surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan, a podcast focused on mental health, relationships, dating and sex, and all around personal development where honestly, no topic is off limits. I'm your host, Taylor Nolan, a former reality TV star, practicing psychotherapist and future certified sex therapist. Welcome to episode 102, where we will be discussing how to be intentional about how you eat and how you drink. We'll be talking about gender equality in the restaurant industry and talking about overcoming gender stereotypes and staying authentic to yourself in relationships. Some really interesting, good conversations with my dear friend, Chef Romaine, that I super enjoyed. So with all of this said, let's talk about it. All right. I am here today with Chef Romaine Avril, and we're going to discuss a few things that we haven't actually ever covered on the podcast before, from plant-based diet to sexism in the restaurant industry to mocktails and living a sober lifestyle. Um, Chef Romaine initially discovered his passion for cooking at the early age of 13. He is actually from Paris. He was born there and at the age of 17 was already working at Michelin star restaurants. And in 2010 is actually when he moved to Canada and was then the executive chef for renowned restaurants. And since then, he has now opened several restaurants, including Lavelle, Goldie Bar, and Narada here in Toronto. He is also the Canadian ambassador for Nespresso and Monogram. He appears on several different TV segments and shows, as well as on the Food Network, and is currently opening a few restaurants, as well as writing a vegan cookbook. So I'm really excited to chat about some of this stuff, and welcome to the show, Roman. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Initially, I think I want to start off a little bit about what got you interested in cooking in the first place? Yeah, I think, um, well, thanks for having me, first of all. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's one of these things that I always knew. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. think about it. It's not like when I'm, you know, when I'm tall and big and strong, I want to be, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a policeman or whatever. Well, I mean, it was yeah. like, I want to be a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I always loved food. Mm-hmm. Eating it, obviously. Um, yeah. Also, being in France, I was very surrounded with beautiful produce. Um, my parents were cooking at home. My grand, you know, my family. So mm-hmm. you kind of like surrounded by good things. And I don't know. I just, you know, it was it was like a calling, really. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, I'm always curious when it comes to food because food is such an emotional thing. 100%. And I've talked about a little bit of, of my journey to being plant-based, but um, as a chef, I mean, you've worked with all different kinds of food, I'm assuming, and um, curious when you first started off, if there was something really specific that you were like, this is what I'm going to you know, specialize in, or this is the specific kind of food I want to do, or if you're just kind of open. Yeah, I think it's something that really evolves um, mm-hmm. through your journey. Um, yeah. Obviously, I started um, in France, so we were cooking very heavily with mm-hmm. protein, uh, butter, and cream. So super, super like 
heavy yeah. and fatty uh, mm-hmm. type of cooking. But then I moved to the UK mm-hmm. and I worked actually before that. I did my degree uh, in Chinese uh, culinary. So I already had like mm-hmm. an exposition to a different type of like in a way of eating. Okay. Um, so then I moved to the UK and I worked in a two mission start. I was doing French Asian. Mm. Um, and it's a little different in the sense that you still do the techniques mm-hmm. um, from the French cooking, but you like the way of eating is completely different. It's more like the the Asian approach. You're already like kind of like cutting down on on the fats. You're cutting down on the proteins. Mm. So it was already kind of like a first approach of like a different way of like eating, and you don't need to eat as much protein as you'd think you would. Mm. Mm. I mean. I already have questions now about how much protein we should, quote unquote, be eating. (laughs) And especially thinking about plant-based diets um, and the big conversation around, you know, not getting enough protein when you're plant-based. Well, I I think it's also like it's everyone's different um, to Mm -hmm. begin with. You know, it's something that that I've said um, and I will say in the book, it's you don't you don't particularly have to like go like like literally like 100 to zero mm-hmm. um, and be like, no, no, I'm eating like beef every day. And that's like, no, I can only eat like tofu mm-hmm. like, to really be cliche. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it has to be progressive and it has to be adapted to like how you feel. Mm-hmm. I think that would be like how you can be successful yeah. um, with it. Now in terms of like need, I think your body tells you, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you have to go by, oh, well, on internet they said, or like that person told me. I think you really have to go with the flow and um, and yeah. reduce very slowly from, um, I think 30% of mm-hmm. your diet is like, is something somewhere you should be happy with, mm-hmm. unless you want to go completely um, plant-based and you want to remove uh, protein, yeah. uh, like animal protein from your diet, then yes, you got to go zero. Mm-hmm. But I think for like where I am in my life and... Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to like convince people at least to go on, if it's like a thirty seventy percent. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like thirty percent animal protein yes. and seventy percent plant based. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm wondering if you can kind of share with us a little bit more, just like step by step, I guess, of what your journey was to getting to that seventy thirty percent, and like. I mean, how long that would have taken and like things you learned along the way, if that's like a really difficult place to get to. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Um, I mean, like I think the first thing I stopped was really um, eating steaks. Yeah. Um, that's like that. I don't know why I think it's maybe because it's so powerful and, mm-hmm. you know, like the blood and the steak, it's, it's got like a big... Um, uh-huh like stamp into like the, like, you know, a carnivore diet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's the one thing that I pretty much like stopped eating. Mm. Um, And it was actually very easy. Um, I do, don't get me wrong. Like actually last (laughs) night I was just like craving it. Um, And, you know, it's like everything when it's like an addiction because it it is in a way. Mm. Um, That's like the hardest one. But then, so I stopped red meat, um, first of all, and then turned out to be, easy i don't feel like i'm weak i don't feel like i'm dying so i mean (laughs) you know like that's a good thing do you Um, feel like less of a man not at all i mean and that's the thing i think i I don't know why it's it's i think it's like everything like Mm -hmm. our society is run based on cliche um and it's something that we'll talk about later Mm -hmm. but um no i mean like i'm i feel great like every morning my breakfast is like a vegan shake Mm -hmm. and you know what like I, c- I would have mocked myself 10 years ago, but now I'm like, I feel great. So, like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So it's also perhaps a certain level of comfortability with yourself yeah. to not necessarily allow those 
gender stereotypes yes. play a role in your diet. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think, and it's like everything. I think as a person, you have to like accept your sexuality. You have to accept like um, who you are as a person mm-hmm. um, and be like strong and, and love yourself. And I think yeah. once you do that, you can literally pretty much like take on like anything. Um, yeah. I think to me, this is like, and it, it sounds weird to associate that with food. Um, or like drinking, you know, it's, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. I was just like, I don't want to drink. Well, you're a man. You should have a scotch in front of you. I'm yeah. like, I you know what? I'm happy with an orange juice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like all these like cliche that you have to fight, yeah. um, which could be difficult and can be made difficult by others. Mm-hmm. But when you have a strong personality yeah. and strong beliefs, you can shut it down pretty easily. I was just like, I don't really care what you say. It doesn't going to mm-hmm. change. It's not going to force me into yeah. anything. I'm curious if any part of that is like your your French personality, or if that I don't I don't really know French yeah. culture, so I could just totally be pulling that on my ass. Yeah. But I don't know. I think definitely yeah, I mean, some people just have like naturally like bold absolutely. personalities. No, but. for sure. It def- I mean, like definitely being French, it's like it's probably part of in my gene. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was I was I was not like that. I think I really. I would have said a Canadian actually like mm. give me because it's it's funny because we say Canadian is so nice and polite and whatever. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like living in Toronto, it's it's also like pretty like ruthless. Yeah. It's kind of like a New York vibe. It does, Toronto. and like in a, in a mini way for mm-hmm. sure. And then like also my industry, uh, which is hospitality, is yeah. very like very strong um, and it's cutthroat. So you have to be. I mean, yeah. if you want to make moves, then you have to be like strong and you have to just and again. Like, stop caring about what other people have mm-hmm. to say and just care about, like, what you want and yeah. for yourself. And that, I think, is just a really important message all around in life. Yeah, because 100%. if you're living your life in a way to please others or to, you know, try to blend in with other yeah. people, you're likely not living a very authentic life to yourself. 100%. I agree. And exactly. And I, and I think I always, like, talk about hospitality because this is, like, what I know. Mm-hmm. But... At the same time, like clearly everything can be replicated to yeah. to any industry or to any people. I mean, like live your life the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to get a little bit into the ethical reasons, yep. the scientific reasons yep. um, to how you started this more plant-based yep. Diet. So absolutely. So I think it's it's a lot to do with, as you said, like ethical reasons um, and also sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually before plant based. Um, I was thinking, I was talking a lot about like um, ethical process um, mm-hmm. of like raising animals. Yeah. And also sustainability. I think that's something that's been like around for a little longer than mm-hmm. plant-based has been. Yeah. So um, something that people are more aware of and are more inclined to listen to. Yeah. People um, are definitely more more ready to be like, oh, is that like, yeah. is that free range? Yes, Than exactly. just totally exactly. not looking at it. 100%. So that's kind of like how it started. And, and, um, and I kind of like used that to branch out um, into the diet, into my personal life, as well as explaining why and then try to convince people although like my job is not to convince anyone <laughs> yeah but like i mean when you when you have beliefs you're mm-hmm. always going to try to argue about them right mm-hmm. so um you know i was trying to tell people like don't buy from like huge farms that mm-hmm. are like you know the cows or the chicken never seen yeah. the light of the day tyson or purdue yes mm-hmm. <clears throat> so try to go local and try to go small farms mm-hmm. and that's where you kind of like people start to understand sustainability mm-hmm. and i'm like okay but that's just one step i'm like yeah. now let's say you eat from a local farm but you eat two pounds of beef every mm-hmm. day out of that small farm yeah. Yes, your meat is sustainable, but your diet isn't. Yeah. And this is kind of like how I'm trying to use that whole 
it's almost like speaking to a child, like to a child, right? You have to like, when people are yeah. so stuck in their way, you have to like try to trick them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I, I approach it, like sustainability through and, and being ethical and mm-hmm. then just kind of like trying to approach that, like including that plant-based diet into that lifestyle. Well, yeah, because I mean, we say child here, but you're also having to totally relearn your food system, mm-hmm. your food preferences, educate yourself on your food. Yeah. So it, it really is a relearning that happens yeah. that, I mean, makes sense. You would kind of approach that yeah. from more of a, you know, but with like even more stubborn, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, that do not want to go anywhere because there's no one to, you know, tap their, their wrist if, yeah. if they do wrong. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious what kind of pushback you have gotten or, or perhaps you would get when you would share and discuss, you know, this plant-based diet. Yeah, I mean, I do get a lot of eye roll, that's yeah. for sure. Um, something that you have to, and especially because when you were not mm-hmm. um, plant-based or you were never talking about it. And it's also, that's, it's also like the voice that you have. Um, like I, you know, like a few years ago, nobody really knew me because it was new. And then now mm-hmm. it's, you get a little more like, you know, your voice is a little stronger. People are like, wow. I never heard you talking about it because I was like, because yeah. I never had the voice. Um, and it's like a, a lot of problem when you, and I do feel you have to use the voice that you get, like when mm-hmm. you believe in something or when you try to change things. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of pushback. Um, when I post stories on Instagram, I get like, oh, like, you know, fuck off with your vegan and like mm-hmm. stop. You know what I mean? That's like pretty much like all the time. Or mm-hmm. if I do post a meal that I have that is not vegan, then I get a whole like, oh, well, that's not vegan. So yes. it's just like, and that's so is. And I'm like, yes, it's not. And I'm not, I never said that I was completely vegan. Um, mm-hmm. I say that I was adding veganism to my diet. And mm-hmm. that's the difference. Very, very, very different. And I think just that, that dynamic where you are advocating for plant-based, but then you do share something that is animal protein and then getting shamed for that only kind of perpetuates this like discomfort yep. around um, changing our, our our diet and I think for me I've been very explicit to be like I am not full vegan I have a few practices around my diet that I try to follow of at least one vegan meal a day and it's rare that I'll have like chicken it's rare that I'll have a even when I did eat meat, I, I wasn't a huge fan of red meat I like rarely would have burgers in the first place um, but I think uh, just as I'm even thinking that part through, I want to talk about like the changes in your body that you start to recognize as well. Like as I think about when I did used to eat burgers, I would feel so drained. Yeah. I would feel like so just, I don't know, I guess a little like icky yeah. and a little heavy and... That didn't feel very good. No, for sure. I mean, like, I, I completely agree. And, and that's what people say, like, oh, you're going to be liking of and you're going to feel this and you're going to feel yeah. that. Well, I've lost already, like, 24 pounds. Not like I was, like, huge, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm a big body. But I've already lost. You're very tall. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't really show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've lost, like, 24 pounds. Um, I used to drink a lot of coffee, mm-hmm. which made me feel, like, horrible. I, like, yeah. pretty much stopped drinking coffee. Um, but I'm not tired. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel weaker. Yeah. Um, my, my, like my body as a whole, I mean, like, you know, I'm like over 30 now. So like mm-hmm. everything aches. <laughs> yeah. um, but that being but said. But not because of your diet. <laughs> no, exactly. And if anything, I mean, like I have to say, like, I do feel so much better. Like I feel like I can, like, I don't know, I sound like a 
fucking grandpa. But, <laughs> okay. uh, but I mean, like, you know, I just, I do things easier. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, so it has nothing to do with his diet because I don't, I can go, like I go with no coffee and then still be up at nine and up until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's like everything. Once you like put your brain to it, mm-hmm. things starting to happen. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. As we talk about like moving to be plant-based, there's several other areas within that that I think just are attributed to this category of health where discussing sober lifestyle, discussing, you know, not drinking coffee. Um, and that in my opinion, all of these things really help contribute positively to our health and help provide, you know, us with a clearer mind. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about just like the emotional experience of all of this, I guess, primarily the the plant-based piece, but then I, I do definitely want to talk about the coffee piece and the mocktail piece. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, it's something actually that I, I, I talked about. I did an interview not so long ago regarding like the book and then like mm-hmm. the, the plant-based and people were like um, eating me on the health part mm-hmm. um, and were asking me, so is it like healthier to eat plant-based? And I'm like, well, it's like everything. Mm-hmm. You got to be very careful, like how you eat, and you know, mm-hmm. like I was just like, you don't, it, you don't have to associate the two automatically. You can have protein-based diet and be super healthy, and mm-hmm. on the other end, have a vegan diet and like be like, have like a lot of health issues because, like, yeah. if you eat candy or you eat like chocolate or like mm-hmm. whatever cake, you're still gonna like get yeah. bigger and you're still gonna have like heart disease and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? So. Also being very careful with how to put vegan and health together. I mm-hmm. think it's like automatically associated and it's very wrong. Yes. Um, but again, it's because people don't talk about it enough. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, come back to the emotional aspect about food. I mean, like obviously being French where food is so important in our yeah. culture, um, being a guy as mm-hmm. well, where you expect it to, again, like eat like, a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> You definitely have to kind of like, again, it's like being in your head and like being strong about it and yeah. be like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with not drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with not eating meat as much because mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I'm content with the food that I have. But I think it's also very important to cook the food that you still want. Um, mm-hmm. And people think, oh, you're having tofu and kale for lunch and dinner. I'm like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different things. And that's why I wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. Because I've been asked so many times, I would like to go plain based, but like I don't really know what to cook, or yeah. like I feel like I'm kind of like stuck within like three options. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so let me show you a way to make delicious recipe. Yeah. Do I like mock ofs, which I hate, like the chicken chicken legs or mm-hmm. like well, like whatever those things that are like imitating yeah. like regular food. I'm like, I think this is a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just stop it. Like you know, eat mm-hmm. like stuff the way it's supposed to. Be looking like yeah um and i think you just like fall in love with it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you like you're happy with it and you content it's yummy and mm-hmm. and i think you don't have to suffer yeah. um from like changing your diet and you know and you just like the people that are around you tell them like well i'm cooking vegan today mm-hmm. or you don't tell them you just cook vegan for them <laughs> yeah and then, and then after the meal you're exactly. like oh yeah by the way this is vegan exactly. <laughs> and then they're like whoa exactly and i think that's yeah. the approach i mean like again back to the child mm-hmm. like kind of like analogy i think you have to be you know, cautious and and people are just like huh mm-hmm. well wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think what I hear the most from that emotional journey piece is having some kindness towards yourself and really staying true, uh, having that kind of dedication to your value change. Um, And 
I, I think it's interesting they like the chicken chickenless kind of stuff, yeah. like the mock meat. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I think there are ways that that can be delicious, but a lot of it is also just filler, and it's Absolutely. just nothing. It, it's, and, it's really bad. Yeah, and I think people draw blanks quite frequently on how to even eat vegetarian yeah. because they're so used to these specific staples being used in their diet every day that it's like, well, how do you make things without that? And then it's not going to taste as good and and all of that. And I think for me, that's where I always say it's it's an experience. Like it's not an overnight flip and change. Definitely and not. it's not about subtracting things from your diet. And I think that's where people look at it as this like they're suffering, that they're like having to eat vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a lot more about this addition, right? Of like introducing yourself to new different kinds of produce, like kohlrabi. I remember like when I first realized that, kohlrabi. I was like, <laughs> what in the world is this? I was like, how do I use this? Like, is this even going to taste good? And it really, you have to get in touch with this like creative part of yourself, um, which I think can be a really great emotional process and a uh, really fulfilling journey because then you are in a way rewarded. And I want to be careful about using food as reward because that can lead to some other challenges, but it, it feels like this, um, there's a satisfaction after that creativity and that time and that energy has been put in to then actually eat something that you that you've created in alignment with your values that you feel is sustainable that you feel is ethical and that also is is delicious and then the extra bonus if you feed it to your friends who don't like vegan or plant-based food and then they're like haha it's vegan. <laughs> no, for sure. And I, I think it's like, at the end of the day, it's like uh, talking about emotion, I think it's self-love. Mm-hmm. And like eating, it's like being in a relationship, really. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've been stuck on a relationship where they went on for too long. And then you're like, you're not really being yourself, but you're being like, kind of like a, a shadow of yourself. And, mm. you know, like loving you, but you like, you're stuck in it. Mm. And I think it's a bit of the same thing. When you're like, once you're like, like, have a lot more self-love and you self-date yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a new thing. Like it's not being single, but like self-dating. Self-partnered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I think at first I was just, it hit me. And I was just like, yes, absolutely. I mean, like I'm not alone. I'm like, I'm actually discovering, rediscovering yeah. myself. And it comes with love. It comes with um, mm-hmm. going to the gym, taking care of your body, taking care of your skin, mm-hmm. taking care of like literally like starting to love yourself and you just realize that you're much happier because you're not trying mm-hmm. to please someone else but you try to please you yeah. and everything kind of kind of come like, just, like smoothly so yeah. and i think it's the same with food you know i mean like it's it's part it's another element of the whole like like i don't know like that whole like take care of yourself first mm-hmm. absolutely i just like i want to just give some snaps for that yeah that was so true and so great um and and speaking of you know just the self-love process and thinking about the dating process. I want to chat a little bit about the restaurant industry. And you, one of the things I love about you is you've also been like really outspoken and have been like a huge advocate for women in the restaurant industry. Um, And I've never, I was a hostess for like, maybe two months. Yeah. That's already, you can <laughs> um, experience a lot in these two months. Yeah. And I'd like, I, I mean, I say like, I haven't had any real restaurant experience, yeah. but I also don't think I'm totally blind to it, but there's also a lot I don't know. And so I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear a little bit more from you as I've seen you talk about it a little bit on your Instagram yeah. um, of just what this sexism looks like in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Well, I think there's two parts to it. Um, the first part is that whole um, like men 
against or versus um, mm-hmm. women where like they think they're more like empowered because of the title. Yeah. Um, because yes, you, you obviously as a chef or as, as like a manager, let's say, mm-hmm. you have more power because it's the way it is. It's this industry. Yeah. It's very rough. Um, you might yell. You might just like show authority um, mm-hmm. and it's accepted. Um, that's one thing. But yeah. I think that power kind of like transgressed to like more of a like sexual um, and then like it's almost like you're allowed to say, oh, you're beautiful or like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm automatically think like I can pick you up whenever I want because I'm the chef or yeah. I'm the sous chef or I'm like a manager. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect where I think um, it's almost like degrading uh, mm-hmm. where as a manager, you think you have like power to literally do whatever you want. Um, and it's like grabbing like um, like one of your server um, ass or boobs, and mm-hmm. like, which is completely not okay. Yeah. But I mean, the first in in like people's head, it's like, oh well, we are in the hospitality restaurant industry, so like mm-hmm. it's okay. And I think that's one of the biggest like issue. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's another problem. It's like the treatment of in the kitchen. That's where I'm going to talk about because yeah. it's a little different in the restaurant industry, but like in the kitchens. There's really like, oh, like what is male and is like female. I'm not going to say man and woman. I'm really mm-hmm. going to say male and female because it's really how it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yes, I have to say male have been uh, promoted a lot more um, mm-hmm. for years. It used to be a more like male-oriented um, uh, industry, but it's not... It's not true anymore. Yeah. Um, there's as many uh, girls as this guy in kitchens. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent is like equal or better. The best chef in the world right now. It's a woman. She's yeah. 28 from and from uh, Mexico. Hmm. So it's not like Europe and white yeah. and <laughs> yep. like a guy. So which made me super happy. Yeah. Um, I think I've always, I mean, like in terms of hiring, um, I never looked at like, oh, is it like a guy or a girl? I'm like, you're mm-hmm. good or you're not, period. Yeah. Um, so my kitchen always been like very equal or sometimes more women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I say in my post. I'm like, doesn't mean there's more drama yeah. at all. If anything, quite the opposite. Like guys are the worst in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's like little things. Like when my one of my managers is going to call uh, one of my cook like sweetie or sweetheart or like, yeah. or like you know, I'm like, you don't call um, like Frank uh, yeah. sweetheart. You call him Frank. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you should call Mary, Mary. Yeah. And um, yes, Mary can carry a bag of flour. You don't need to like mm-hmm. run. You know what I mean? She'll be okay. Yeah. And I think that that's how like it's, it's not being looked as sexism, but it is. Mm-hmm. No one should be, ever be like called by a sweet names. I mean, yeah. this is reserved for your partner or your family. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is very like using that like power or like using that like male like dominance, mm-hmm. which is completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's it's it's changing. I mean, I've cut it off. I mean, at least in my workplace, I think yeah. it's very safe. Um, mm-hmm. to be in an environment where like the chef is like kind of like like empowering women. Yeah. Um, and in general, like like being against sexism. It's something that I'm very vocal about, which mm-hmm. I think helps. And then yeah. when you're not going to work for me if you don't believe like, yeah. anything I'm saying, right? Or yeah. you're just an idiot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's bad. And I don't want to say it's only because I've, I've had like, like dated girls that are like we're not from the industry, um, mm-hmm. like either like in like in banks or like in mm-hmm. in like whatever it is, different like segment. Yeah. And the problems are the same, you know. I think it's just mm-hmm. that whole relationship, like men in power to like yeah. women that are like under in a hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, and it comes back all the time. So like I don't want to say it's only there, but like I know it's a thing. But at least yeah. if somebody, I mean, if I can use my voice again to talk about it, then I'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm sure I'll get backstabbed and I'm sure I'll get out of roles and I'm sure I'll get like, oh, he's not one of us, mm-hmm. but I don't really care. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Hmm. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, 
Well, one of the one of the thoughts I'm thinking is there's it, when you think like gender roles and stereotypes, most people are like, yeah, the woman's in the kitchen, yep. right? Like True. historically, yep. that's the stereotype. Yep. But when it comes to it actually being like a professional yep. thing mm-hmm. and having this power and having this almost like elitism yes. to it, yep. um, it is male dominated. And I find that really interesting. It's true. I mean, it really is like backward because and even within like, I hear that all the time, you know, people are like, oh, women should be in the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I'm in the kitchen so and I'm mm-hmm. happy to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's, but again, I think it's part of like the evolution and like how you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have the option to be better. You have the option to like smarten up and look at what's going on and look yeah. what's around you and then change the way you think. Like mm-hmm. it's available, you know, like you can't blame, oh, well, I didn't know. Like, no, it's available for you. Literally, you can go on the internet or you can just talk to people. Yep. Um, I would say, I mean, like if you're like the smarter person in a room, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about like educating yourself and just mm-hmm. like stop being like literally don't ruin your life with all the cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't hear that as often, um, the whole like woman in the kitchen, like not as much as I used to. Hmm. Um, but it's true. I mean, it's very different, but it's true. I, I think it's again based on like elitism and like how like chef have turned from like like idiots to like literally rock stars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've been like they're celebrities now. Literally, yeah. yeah. Which I'm like very happy. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no well, complaint. you're in that category too, so. <laughs> so. There's no complaint on my part. Yeah. But I think at the same time, you know, I shouldn't just be like, oh, well, let's just like use that like male dominant power mm-hmm. and then like crush everything and mm-hmm. be like, you know what, let, let's just be different and let's have a different approach. And again, if I get like, if I get like little like, you know, like on my way, I get people that are not happy with me. Yeah. It's, I, I always say if you like can make people talk, either good or bad, it's a good thing. There's movement mm-hmm. and there's a progress. So yeah. I'm okay with it. Very true. And... I want to, we're going to switch gears just a little bit because I think this is a topic a lot of people will want to hear about and something that I've received a lot of questions on and I haven't really shared on the pod, but alcohol yep huge part of the restaurant industry oh god yes <laughs> absolutely I feel like it is most of the income of the restaurant industry <laughs> yeah no it, it is um again it's so available mm-hmm. um you know it's like there's those rules that have been mm-hmm. made up in the industry where like oh well if you're manager you're allowed to have a drink after each services yeah okay um or like every saturday night it's beer night so everybody gets a beer um so i think it's very present and as a manager so on the restaurant, literally alcohol is like right there. Mm-hmm. So um, I say I'm, I'm one of the only person that I that I know in this industry that doesn't drink, that doesn't smoke. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do drink, but like like socially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't do drugs. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like all these like vice that are very present in my industry, I don't do, which kind of like, again, allows me to be like, no, this is not okay. Or like, <laughs> this is not going to fly with me, uh, whatnot. Yeah. But um, alcohol is like, I would say the biggest one. And it's 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 almost like, oh, well, I'm a chef. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm a chef. And I mean, like it's this borderline like that. Yeah. It's like, I'm a chef. I'm allowed to drink. I'm stressed. I'm like, yeah, so what? 
So yeah, yeah it's a big, um, it's definitely a big topic. Mm-hmm. And when for you did you kind of step away from drinking? Like you said, you drank socially, yes. but what does that look like? It's, I mean, like let's say if I go on a date or I'm with friends, um, I'll have a glass of wine, um, I'll have a cocktail, and don't get me wrong, like some nights I might have like four cocktails, but like over the period of the year, it's like very, very low because I'm, well, mm-hmm. I'm not super social first of all. <laughs> so, yes. so there's that part that reduce it like I don't drink at home like unless mm-hmm. again unless it's like a dinner date and then I'll have for sure a couple of glass of wine mm-hmm. um, but like I don't go like I mean like I don't remember last time I was actually like wow I don't think I ever had no I probably have been blackout drunk when I was like 17 yeah, yeah. and I mean I used to drink a lot when I think when I first started mm-hmm. um because I was 16 17 yeah. we we're clubbing until 6 a.m it was just that, that mm-hmm. life right but then, you know, like 20s came around. It was like, all right, I'm done with this. Um, and yeah. yeah, since then, I've never really been a huge drinker. And then like, mm-hmm. like I say, I, sometimes I'm happy just to have a glass of water or to have a mocktails. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I don't need to drink to be. Yeah. I think it's the, like, again, connotation like, oh, well, I'm super. I mean, I'm not social, but at the same time, I'm very social. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I have no issue chatting or whatever. Yeah. So like I don't need a glass of wine or a cocktail to mm-hmm. get me going. Um, mm-hmm. So that also helped. And yeah. I don't want to say, like, I understand if people need that to mm-hmm. get going and they have a drink, this is absolutely okay. But there's a difference between one drink and then, you know, yes. piling but up ones. Definitely a strong difference there. Um, I know for me, like as a as a woman, I definitely get a ton of pushback from people when I am out um, at a bar or out dancing about the fact that I'm not drinking or even like at parties. And <laughs> I, I've, I don't know... When it comes to dating, everyone I've ever dated has drank. Um, I'm somewhat talking to someone now who doesn't drink, and that's the first time I've ever like been romantically and sexually interested and involved with someone who doesn't drink. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious for you, as you kind of drink less and are just more intentionally and mindfully drinking, how that has impacted like dating. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird actually because um, like you're with people that will, I mean, girls mm-hmm. that we'd like literally get wasted, and I'm just like, well, like it's great, but like yeah. I'm not really like into this anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you're not like in the vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, that's like not a quality date, and I don't no. think like unless you're even if you're just looking to like go out to just hook up, yeah. and like you just want to like get drunk so you yeah. can hook up. Like I just. I've never understood that. And it's such a vulnerable, intimate sexy. space. It's not sexy. And it's not, it's unfortunately the norm, I think, yeah. in hookup culture. And especially when people are first starting out having sex with each yeah. other um, and experimenting with that kind of stuff. But I, I just, I really hope that conversations like this help change that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's, it's like everything we've been talking. It's all about like what's been like set by mm-hmm. the society. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, why, why do you have to drink? And again, you mentioned mm-hmm. something. It's like how you're not drinking and you, you get to push back. Imagine mm-hmm. as a guy. When yeah. like, so I think it was my 30th birth. Was it my 30th? Uh, one of my biggest, I think it was yeah. my 30th. My friend was just like, we're getting drunk tonight. And I was mm-hmm. just like, no, we're not. <laughs> And he was just like, yeah, we are. It's your 30th. Like, it has to happen. And I'm like, I will have definitely a couple of drinks. Yeah. But if you want to get drunk, like, be my guest. I have, mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I have zero problem with it. Yeah. But you will not get me drunk. Yeah. And then, like, I have had, like, friends, like, okay, try, we have to try him to get, like, to get him <laughs> drunk. It's almost like, it's funny because it's like an objective now from them to just get me, like, wild and, yeah. like, drunk. So, but that one time you drink 
a bottle of gin. I'm like, yeah, that one time. Yeah. Not saying that I'm a saint, but at the same time, when you're like, I'm not going to drink tonight, people are like, what is wrong with this guy? And what is wrong? I'm like, nothing is wrong. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, like we're okay. Yeah, we're good. Exactly. <laughs> That's like always what I would say to people. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like Are you really sick? like you don't have to worry about me. Like I'm really fine with yeah. this decision. Um but I think it's interesting because that that objective then, right, to like get you to drink, it has a certain level of playfulness, but it also I think speaks a lot larger to just the whole social piece of drinking where other people do become really uncomfortable when someone in the group is not drinking and not joining that. And I think in addition to that, something that's really important that you said was, you know, when they're saying like, we're going to get so drunk tonight and you're like, well, you guys can, but like, I'm not. Um, I think that piece is also super important because I think a lot of people assume that because you don't drink that you're going to, you know, maybe convince, right? Like try to have that influence (laughs) on other people like we do with food um, to not drink. But there's also at least a big piece for me. I'm like, I've never been like, yeah, you should not drink alcohol too. Like yeah. it'd be just of like course. me. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm like, it's totally a personal preference, but I do encourage and I do advocate and I do try to convince people to drink intentionally and mindfully yes. and to be aware Quality, of when they are yeah. Yeah. abusing it and to be aware of when they are using it to numb and, and all of those things. No, for sure. I, I, I think it's like, like I wouldn't say, I mean, you know, like the food aspect, it's more like saving the planet almost part yeah. of the line. Mm-hmm. But like, listen, if you want to drink your mind out, like uh, nothing's going to change. Well, I mean, like unless you're on a car and then that's another subject. But yeah. if you're going to walk home, then we're okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the safety, the planet is going to be just fine. Yeah. So yeah, I would not ever convince someone to not drink unless it's like, mm-hmm. it's like a health reason and, and health issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you don't have, I mean, I never understood that culture. Like, like you have to drink your mind out or yeah. even like when you're on a date or I don't know, like the whole vibe changing. I think also I want to say, I, and I, that's why I don't want to say like I, I'm a little different. And I think you're the same way. Like I think it's confidence. And again, mm-hmm. back to self-love. When yeah. you're confident with it, we have your choices. And then like I was like, listen, I mean like I, if I want to have sex with you, like I don't need to drink my mind yeah. out of it. Or like I can talk to you without a drink mm-hmm. um, and I'm confident with my choice. And if you judge me for not drinking and you think it's like, oh, like like lame, yeah. then maybe you should just go home now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm okay with it and I'm, I'm not like... Yeah. You know, and I, and I think it's, I don't know, it's 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 true. It's a lot of these subjects that we're talking about are kind of like new and mm-hmm. like it's, I think it's it's always like changing people's like way mm-hmm. of thinking and it's like taboo and cliche and then Definitely. like we don't want to talk about it. Like I don't want to be that person and um, it sucks. Yeah. But. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it from your perspective, right? Like if I were a dude, a guy, a man and as a woman, when a guy finds out I don't drink and we're like out on a date or whatever, usually he does admit some discomfort and then it's a little conversation, but then we just go about the evening as normal. But I do notice that usually it is a little different, especially in long-term relationships because they are used to being able to have some kind of like drunk sex, right? Or just like sometimes having that like messy drunken tipsy like make out or whatever um and for me i'm like yeah like i can still do those things but like i'm not gonna be drunk for them and it's i don't feel any kind of shame from them but i do realize that it's a different dynamic for them for sure and i'm trying to put myself in the man's 
perspective and like what you would encounter, what you would experience from a woman. Um, if there's like that pushiness, if you feel like there's an attempt to demasculate at all, um, or like what that dynamic comes out as. Yeah. I mean, like I've never like felt it personally. Um, I mean like, and on the reverse, like if I'm with someone and then like, I'm not drinking, um, I will be like, you know what? And I'm okay. I don't have to drink. And that's where I do get like, oh no, no, no. But like, you can drink. Mm-hmm. Like, that's I'm, what I do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, but like, I like, I don't want to. I mean, like, I, I don't like to drink by myself. Um, do not feel bad about it because yeah. like, I'm okay not drinking. Or maybe I'll have one just to say like I had one. Yeah. Um, but see, then why do we do that then? Right? Like that is most guys that I end up dating who do drink then drink a lot less when they date me and they say those things like, yeah, I don't, I, I would prefer to not drink, you know, like I would, if you were having one, but like, we don't need to, but then it's like, well, then why would you have one then? Yeah. But I I think it's like, it's back to like social drinking, right? I mean, like, because I don't drink for the sake of drinking and I drink socially. Mm -hmm. If like, I don't have the like social, like, encountered and i'm not really like looking to drink because i don't need mm-hmm. to again i don't need to it's yeah. not like i go out i need to have a drink i need to you know what i mean like and then mm-hmm. blah, 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 right it's like there's no like I, when i do something there's not like a, a map you yeah. know what i mean like it doesn't have to always be the same and i mean like i'm okay with it but i think because i usually usually you guys are like well whatever man I'm just gonna mm-hmm. keep drinking i think i get that like a little bit like awkwardness for a little bit i'm like hey like trust me like i'm okay yeah um but um no i never and again like i've, I've never I think there's a different way of like being a man or being a woman and showing mm-hmm. that. Um, like if it's a woman to show like her, like she's smart and she's like, beautiful mm-hmm. and like doesn't mean you need to do anything. You can just be yourself. And yeah. I think as a man, I don't need to, like alcohol to show like I'm a man and like I'm masculine and like I can be strong and I can be like yeah. taking care and provide and whatever bullshit. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, like it's just like, no, trust me, like I'll be a man. And like mm-hmm. if you do have sex, I'll show you that I'm still a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's no need to be in the alcohol for that. Right. I think yes. it's just. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like while you may not be fully sober lifestyle, I do think that is so important because for some of our male listeners too, like I do think that those are insecurities that might come up. Yeah. I think that's that's the best word. I think it's insecurities and confidence for sure. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, for for me, like currently it has been really interesting because the, the person I talk to now, like they don't drink and it's different. It's a very yeah. different dynamic for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think that there's anything that's super lacking there. And it, I mean, so far it feels nice. Yeah. I think, and I think it's like every relationship, like, I don't think you need to have like, oh, well you tick that box and you tick that mm-hmm. box. I think this is another problem. It's just like when you date, it's almost like well, as a guy, I'm like, okay, she needs to have a good job or she needs to make that much money or she needs like, <laughs> why? I mean, yeah. like, you know, I'm like, you take... As it is in a relationship, people are like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm that way. I'm like, listen, like, I'm with you. So yeah. if I'm with you, it's like for who you are as a person, yeah. I don't want you to change anything. I don't want you to be different. Yeah. Um, if it works, it works out. If it doesn't work out, it's not because like who you were. It's just mm-hmm. because like the whole relationship wasn't working. But yeah. it should never be about the other one mm-hmm. and should never be about like, oh, I could have like done this or done that. And yeah. um, and that's it. I mean, if it's different, it's different. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, you don't have to, people overthink. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm, right here. Trust me. <laughs> right I mean, here, overthinker. <laughs> I, I'm an overthinker too. 
knowingly I know what I am and I yeah. know it's wrong. Yeah. But you and then you can yourself. know you're like, I'm yeah. overthinking this right now. It's it's not only overthinking but having the awareness of the overthinking. Exactly. I think I think I think that's like halfway progression. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. I know I'm crazy, but at least I'm crazy, but I know I'm crazy. So that makes it like half okay. Yes. Yeah. And and I think the apologizing, like, you know, I'm sorry that I'm this way, whatever, um, does make me sad and and I think a lot of what is difficult about when people do go through breakups is questioning if I had been different, would it have worked? And I think it is super helpful to center yourself with this concept that holds a lot of truth, right? That it's not necessarily about who you were, but it's about the dynamic yeah, that we the had timing together. And, you know, like I was telling, I mean, a relationship. Uh, five years before now, five years later, it could be completely different, mm-hmm. right? It's because like what's happening in my life right now, what's happening in your life right now makes yeah. it that it's a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, and like timing is everything. I mean, yeah. there's just no, it's just the way it is. Hmm. And um, and you have to, you have to accept it. And you know what I mean? Like it's just, it sucks. But I mean, you yeah. can't, you can't change anything about that. Speaking of timing though, you are a chef. Yeah. You are working on a cookbook you have a very busy schedule and I think a lot of people have busy schedules, but I imagine chef life to just be like utter chaos, like all the time. So in general, I usually ask people like how they manage, like how they balance work life and also I guess dating in that as well. But yeah, how do you as a chef like and doing all these other things like... How, what does that look like? Yeah, I think it's um, again you have to you have to be very um, committed to relationship, um, mm-hmm. and you have to be very like honest and, and truthful when you meet someone. Mm-hmm. Like my life is like shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't I mean, it's have great, but it's there's great, a lot of. But shit there's no. I mean, if you're life. if you're about routine, mm-hmm. then let's just not even like try. Um, I think your partner has to be very understanding of like what's going to look like. But at the same time, you also have to, and I think this is the problem. It's like, oh, it's like adapted on the chef, but like you have to look at the other. I mean, like maybe my life is crazy, but maybe yours is too. Mm-hmm. Like why is my life like weirder than yours? Yeah. So if you're doing nine to five, it's your schedule and that's how you are. And then I have to respect it and you have to understand mm-hmm. it. Now I think it's, for like a strong relationship, I think you need to understand each other. I think you need to respect their life. And I think you need to commit probably like a day, a week to like mm-hmm. be together. And uh, yeah. and that's what I had done when I was in relationships where it was like, okay, I, I'm you're not going to get all of me like from mm-hmm. Tuesday to Saturday per se. But like on Sunday, yeah. it's our day. Mm-hmm. And then our phones are off and then we can just be together. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like how you keep it like sane almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was harder before when I was more of a cook um, and like you can't have me on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you work crazy hours and then you go home, you're exhausted. Yeah. Um, being a chef uh, was a little bit different because you're allowed to have your phone because you work mm-hmm. from it. So it allows you to text a little more, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, like texting your uh, partner or like yeah. emailing your partner to kind of like, mm-hmm. I always say I was just like, I don't have to tell you I love you every mm-hmm. day, but I can like show you that I'm thinking about you. And yeah. I think it's like little little notes just like, hey, I hope you made it home okay. I mm-hmm. hope that you have a good night with your girlfriends or whatever. Yeah. I think I'm that's a, how you... I'm a total sucker for that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, I think I always say, I was like, I don't think like saying I love you, there's so many different ways. I'm like, mm-hmm. I hope you get home safe or like, you know, like yeah. I hope your day goes well. I hope your meeting went well. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of things to like, I'm thinking about you. I can't talk to you, yeah. but it doesn't mean you know on, on, on my mind. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like how you can like carry it over. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now that I have like attained like a more of a like like celebrity status, um, mm-hmm. it's very different. Yeah. Um, a, you, <laughs> a, I have to be super careful of like like who's like want to be with me, and yeah. then like who just want to like you know like you know like just mm-hmm. want to be with me just because it's like oh yeah. fuck that guy, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't be able to say that they were with you, yes. but not necessarily care or feel connected exactly. to you or exactly. get to know you. And I think that's where like it's it's you have to be very careful, and this is where you have to see people what they want, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a completely different game. Um, that being said, I, um, I can I can make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. So I can make a lot more time yeah. from before when I was just like, sorry, like it's that mm-hmm. day or nothing. Yeah. Um, you can adapt. And I think that makes like dating a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it makes it worse because I have to be like very cautious and, and like yes. making sure I'm not being trapped. Yeah. Oof. I have so many thoughts around <laughs> this. There's so many thoughts around it. Um, ah. Okay. The, the one thing I'll ask that I think is maybe also relevant for listeners because it it overall speaks to this idea of being used and of you know in in our situation it's because of like our status and who we are but i think on a on an everyday level there are reasons why people would use someone whether it's for perhaps your network at work or perhaps it's um you know something in the community that you're involved in but how do you how do you know when someone is perhaps just trying to date you yeah. because of your status yeah yeah for sure I think it's um it's also again it's very new so I know mm-hmm. I've been trapped before um mm-hmm. and then I didn't know and I think it's also based to like what we talked about earlier is like to know yourself first mm-hmm. and then once you I think you're very strong about like what you want and what you stand for and your values and then what you're gonna go with, I think you become a little more aware mm-hmm. and smarter and then kind of like see and read people's like mm-hmm. bullshit yeah. um and I think. I think you can tell. I think it's just like the approach. Like I think people are. It's hard for people to be genuine for like a long time. Yeah, um, so I taking think, it a little slow at first. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think not rushing into anything. Um, understanding the difference between a hookup and and like a relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, like everybody's gonna use. I mean, like, I'm not against. And that sounds weird, but like I'm not against like using people. It's absolutely fine as long as it's, not, it's harmless, mm-hmm. right? It's like as long as you know what, like. I don't know, um, I'm going to use you to get a promotion or I'm going to use you to, I don't know, like get into that party. Mm-hmm. That's cool. doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Like no one was harmed. Absolutely. If anything, it's just like show that you're smart. Yeah. Um, so I have no issue with that. I think it's when like, well, it's like you think about, I want to be with that person, but not because of who they are, but because of like what I want out of this and mm-hmm. I can gain status and I can gain this and I gain that. I think this is where it's like yeah. toxic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at first you don't really like, I, I think like I've been in that relationship and I didn't really see it mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it sucks, but you know what? You get out of it yeah. and you're like, I've learned my lesson mm-hmm. and yeah, you don't, I mean like now I'm like, I'm not rushing into anything. I'm very yeah. much like kind of like, I'm not going to fall for you. I'm going to mm-hmm. like try to be like very careful and try to see. And then I think, like I say, it's like everyone, you, when you put a mask on, like he's not going to, it's very yeah. hard to keep it for like that long. Eventually your true colors will show. Yeah. Um, but you have to be aware. I think you cannot mm-hmm. be like drawn and completely like in love mm-hmm. right away because this is where like, 
shit's going to like start to happen. That's hard. That's hard to not feel that in the beginning. Uh, (laughs) Which is exactly the best one time when you would think like, okay, well, this is like butterfly and then everything, you know, like rainbows. Um, And this is where you have to be like, but hold on a second, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like maybe I should just be a little cautious. But I think like uh, within a couple of weeks, I think you'll know like, you don't want to, I don't play games. I don't think you should mm-hmm. ever play games. But I think there's ways of like showing that you're like available, not available, mm-hmm. or like showing like a little bit of resistance. And then usually yeah. these people kind of like vanish very easily. Yeah. And I notice for me at least that when there's so much of an emphasis on my network and on my business, that that is where for me, I kind of get a little bit of a red flag, right? Where it's like, perhaps more of the relationship is spent on your focused on your status in some way. And that that's kind of a, a, a hint to know that maybe yeah. this person is just hyper-focused on this aspect of you, but isn't looking at the whole picture of you. And then when you are showing the whole picture of you, they are then perhaps pushing back on that yeah. or they are then trying to give you criticism, which they think is feedback, but it's actually criticism. And it, in a way, it really just attempting to change you. Yeah. And I think over time, you do get to see if someone is actually accepting you for you or if they are trying to mold you into yes. what they want you to be. Yeah, 100%. And I think it comes to like, again, like um, when you gain a status, so when you start mm-hmm. to get like attention and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's hard at the beginning. I mean, for me, it was hard at the beginning. I was kind of like, not like starstruck with myself, but mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you kind of like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think once you pass that, like where you just accept it, that it was just like, things going to be different now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I will have to, not like you get recognized, but like, you know, like social on social media or like to, you know, to events and people look mm-hmm. at you very differently. Yeah. I think once you accept that, it's just like, it's great. It's awesome. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't want ever to stop. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it, it's, it, you're not better than, you know, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. Yeah. And vice versa. Once you accept that, yeah. I think you can look at a relationship easier. And it's just like, you don't have to flaunt and your yeah. status to kind of like get to your partner. And I think when you have that like mutual like appreciation, mm-hmm. I feel like also like it's easier. Totally. And I think, you know, that's one thing that you get to that place with, you know, perhaps your new promotion at your job or the fact that you like run the radio station or the news show or or whatever it is. That's one thing for you to be in a comfortable place with that. But I think once that becomes your norm and then you're dating and you meet people outside of that, that's not their norm. And already in the beginning, right? When you have chemistry, there's already your, both of you are already just shiny things to each other. Right. But then when you're also in that situation with some kind of a status that you become this extra, extra shiny thing. And I think it's in a way you have, like, I definitely feel like I carry myself as like, I'm just me, but I also have these other parts of my life and I just talk about them. Like they're just normal because it's just like, yeah, that's just just what it is. But also having this awareness when you are talking with someone perhaps new that you're dating or a friend that like doesn't know that part of you of being hyper aware of their reactions when you are doing that. Because for me, how they react to that gives me a sense of if I'm now being put up on a pedestal or if I am now being like romanticized in some way and that that feels like, okay, you're now getting to know a different person that's not fully me yeah. and that's going to really the change. Stage me. Yeah, that's yeah. going to really change our dynamic. Yes, I agree. Um, 
gosh, there's so much more I could say on this topic overall. No, it's, it's true. And, and I think um, what I've tried to do is just like, it's not like expose my relationship, but kind of like hide it um, and like keep some privacy um, mm-hmm. because um, there's so much bullying. There's so mm-hmm. much like people getting jealousy, uh, mm-hmm. people that want to get with you, people that want to get with your partner, people yeah. that want what you have. That I feel like people, there's like like trolls and like yeah. super bullying and then people like create mm-hmm. like website and talk shit about you. Yeah, and Reddit's just, a scary place. Right? So <laughs> it, exactly that. I didn't mention the site, but that's the one. And um, and you're just like, okay, so this is where I think you have like personally, I'm, I'm more about like hiding my relationship. Like you can't really hide it, but not like expose it. Not yeah. like flaunt it and be like, this is us, blah, blah, blah. This is what we do. Look at us. We're so cute because I think you're exposing yourself to... A, creating um, a life within your life. Yeah. And where, like, your relation- there's a relationship and there's a relationship that people, like, are allowed to kind of, like, entertain um, out there. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it can become very dangerous um, for you and for your partner. Mm-hmm. And, like, as you said before, I think your partner has to understand, like, the cool things are just normal to us now. Yeah. And... Um, and then we should never, like, they should never see us as, like, oh, my God, like, it's so cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If, I think it's very important to be, like, you know what? It's not that cool. Um, you don't need to come. Like, it's not. It's nothing, yeah. really. To kind of, like, dim it down. And I think it's mm. just being humble, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I agree with you on parts of that. On other parts, I think I have a very different approach. And yeah. I think just in regards to the, like, cool thing, yeah. I do think I try really hard to always practice being, like, this is like, I get to do this. Like I get to have this experience. And like, I really appreciate that. And when I am with someone who sees those things as cool, it it helps me remember that. Right. And have that humbleness. Um, but you also, yeah, don't want it to be this like overly hyped up thing on their end that like puts you in this unrealistic category. But in regards to the like hiding piece, I've only had like one serious relationship post bachelor, which was someone also in the spotlight. And so that makes sense. Uh, but that one relationship, you know, um, and that's how I know you, but it's, I, I started off that relationship hiding that right from social media and people, I think on certain layers of it, found it quite annoying, uh, because people wanted to know like who I was dating and, um, you know, what, what he looked like, what he did, what our relationship was like. And that was something really important for, for people. And granted, you know, my viewership is a little different than yours and their exactly, values yeah. on yeah. that. But I just, I, on one hand, I appreciated the privacy because I felt like I was able to just fully be in it and not have these other distractions. But on the other hand, it did feel a little inauthentic, Mm -hmm. right? To not be sharing that this was a big part of my life. And granted, yes, you then do invite trolls and comments, judgment, and you get all this shit. And that's like, okay, now I have to figure out how to sort through that. And like what I do allow myself to absorb and what I don't. And after all of that... Like now I feel like I'm taking this different approach where now I feel like I don't want it to have to be, I'm hiding it and I don't want it to have to be that I'm like big revealing anything either. Right. Because you don't want it to have 
all this pressure. I mean, even like for people, I don't know if this still exists because I don't really use Facebook anymore, but like going Facebook official, right? Like that was like a big moment. Like, are we going to be Facebook official? Like that's like how you really validate the relationship, right? And I think there are ways you can have your relationship be validated that don't include, um, you know, public announcements, right? But let's be real. That's a huge part of our society now. For sure. And I mean, like, yeah, you completely are right. And I completely agree with you. Um, Like when I meant hiding, it was like maybe like a strong word i think it's more like not being as forward about like literally everything mm-hmm. and yeah. i think yeah, that's yeah. how i was in my previous relationship like in a previous relationship where it was like literally everything was exposed mm-hmm. and uh and i changed to be like you know what like that person exists like she's yeah. here you know who she is but i would not be like as and again like i think it's not fair for mm-hmm. the other person also to be like well she was like well i want to like I want people to know who i am because yeah. i mean like and not because of who you are but because like we're together yeah. and, and it's 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 only fair to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. I think um, I, I think it's not fair not to talk about it. It's not fair to be like, well, why be, why do my status has to like hurt my relationship in a way? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just be open about it? Yeah. Um, I think it's true. I think it's scary. I think some days I'm like, I'm like, no, like I could have my Instagram completely like locked from emotions. Mm-hmm. And some days I'm like, yeah, but it's not very being true to my followers. Yeah. And I mean, like I'm lying to them. Mm-hmm. So you know i think it's it's like yeah. but i agree with you i mean like you shouldn't like if you want if you want to i mean at the end of the day if you want to do something you should do it mm-hmm. that's just like my motto i was just like there should be no like oh what, yeah. what if yeah yeah very true oh i have so 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 <laughs> many thoughts on this um but we'll have to wrap up yeah. for today um super appreciate this entire conversation around not only you know our food systems and and our diets and how we go about that but also to you know opening up about sexism in the restaurant industry and also just lots of of dating stuff that i wasn't fully expecting (laughs) but i appreciate your openness of course (laughs) yeah um and if people want to uh kind of follow you and check you out you have a really exciting cookbook coming out that i'm super excited for and i want like more and more of these kinds of cookbooks out um can you want to share a little bit about kind of what makes this special yeah, well, I think it's, you know, it's like a diff, it's, will be called a vegan bridge. Um, because again, it's not like a book that is made for vegan, mm-hmm. but it's a book that's made for vegan. Yes. But also, um, for carnivores that are looking to change their ways, um, mm-hmm. and to kind of like make peace between the two worlds. Cause there's been like a lot of like, you know, pr- protests and whatnot yeah. between. And I think it's like, no, no, guys, like we are like, we're cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I yeah. think it's what the book's around. It talks about sustainability. It talks about, mm. um, yeah, a new way of living and delicious recipes. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. Um, and people can follow you on Instagram at... Chef Romain Avril. Yeah. So very, um, I think if you type Chef Romain, usually like it, there's only one. Yeah. So yep. it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and I do have a website, um, yeah. which is chefromainavril.com. Mm-hmm. Um, being super original. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Consistent. I like Ex- it. Well, exactly, right? It's like easy to find me. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean like, love yeah. to chat and i'm very I'm, I'm very good at actually like a lot of people are messaging me regarding sexism regarding veganism yeah. um so and i'm not one to just like ignore you i mean like i if there is like obviously like some proper material to talk about yeah. i will be like happily uh, share as well yeah awesome well thank you so much thank you so much for having me yeah 
All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right? And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.